shattered to unbreakable. Listen here, sweet sister. Whether you think you have one little crack or you are shattered into a billion pieces, this podcast is going to give you the resources, tools, and skills to help piece yourself back together to form a beautiful, unique, solid, and unbreakable masterpiece. You are listening to Shattered to Unbreakable, the Reclaim podcast. Let's talk. All right, welcome back to another episode of Shattered to Unbreakable. I'm your host, Brandy Babin. I do have Aubrey with me, but she's muted herself because she's being producer-like today because we have a beautiful guest with us. I was in a crazy, terrible situation, and so was she, and I'm so excited to have her on. Kristen Hall, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Thank you for having me. So I'm going to give a preface to what we just experienced, and then I'm going to ask you to tell your side of what you experienced, because this is like the stuff movies are made of. Like when people say, I couldn't even make this up if I tried, like I couldn't even make this up if I tried. (laughs) This is so stupid. So Kristen and I, unbeknownst to each other, we're just chilling at a stoplight, minding our own business, heading towards the rest of our day. Okay. And this, you know what, all the bad words comes up behind her and smashes into the back of her car. And I'm telling you the sound I heard out of my ear was like, I mean, my windows were all rolled up and everything. I jumped so hard. And then um, I like I heard the spray of like glass and plastic hit my car. And I was like, holy cow, her car like flew forward, probably like three feet. Did you end up backing up a little bit to stay out of traffic? Or did you stay where he had? You probably stayed right there, huh? Yeah, I wasn't sure how the car could move. And I went into shock so fast. Mm. I didn't want to do anything. I think I just pushed it into park and that's it. Right. Yeah. Because I I couldn't see you from where I was. And so I got out to see if you were okay. Um, Your window was just a little bit down. So I was able to talk to you through there. And I was like, hey, are you okay? And you're like, I don't know. said, did you call 911? She said, I think my car did. Um, And then I said, do you I can pull over and wait till they come or do you, am I okay to go? And you said, please stay. So of course I pull over, right? And I come back to her car and this jerk gets in my car and drives away and steals my car. And then to boot, he runs from the cops. He totals my car in the midst of this. So this happened at 2.45, 8.30, they actually finally catch him. So he had hours to go sell all of my stuff and my kids' stuff. And I'll tell you my kids' points of view about this in a little while. But I'm just sitting there on the side of the road in disbelief that my car has just been stolen. And then later on, I find out it's totaled and I don't find out till the next morning what's missing. So, um, yeah, it was real sh- to just say the least. And so, Kristen, tell me, because um, Enterprise Rent-A-Car connected us afterwards, which was mm-hmm. so cool because I had no way of contacting you. You went away in, a, in an ambulance and I had no way to know if you were okay. Um, I thought about contacting the police officer and seeing if you were okay. But luckily, we both rented a car from the same enterprise, and I gave them permission to share my number with you, um, which was so cool. So, like, walk us through what this was like in your eyes. So, for me, thank you, Brandy. Um, It was – the whole thing is a shock, right? Like, the fact that it happened is a complete shock. 
Um, I preach to my kids mm-hmm. all the time, you know, especially my 15 year old who's coming up to learn driving. You have to have situational awareness of what the vehicles around you are doing at all times when you're driving. But in this particular yeah. instance, I don't think it would have mattered because like Brandy said, we were sitting at a stoplight. I was at a stoplight. So I didn't know she was there. Obviously, I didn't know any of this was happening. So I'm yeah. at the stoplight <laughs> waiting for the light to turn green. And I, I don't know, I caught a flicker of something in the rear view. And by the time I looked in the rear view, he had already smashed into my rear end. So I didn't hear him. I didn't see him. I didn't Mm -hmm. expect him. I didn't nothing. And it was a complete shock. I don't know. I think I blacked out maybe for a few seconds. My body went into full shock and Brandy saw that my hands turned into like lobster claws. Mm -hmm. And Honestly, Brandy, I remember the man pulling, like backing his truck away from the car and then pulling up and around asking if I could move my car out of traffic and if I was okay, Mm -hmm. which is bonkers Mm -hmm. when you go into the rest of the story and how he stole your car and sold your belongings. And what in the world was this man doing? I don't, I don't know. Um, Right. I've never been in an ambulance before. I I didn't know what I needed. I'm like, can I leave? Can I have somebody come pick me up? And they're like, no, ma'am, you're in shock. You're going to the hospital. We're taking you right now. And I'm, mm-hmm. it was all at the same time, humiliating, um, shocking, um, just completely random as could be. And I, yeah, wow, wow is the only thing I can really sum up for what that experience was for me. Right. And you had kids at school. So you were worried about who's going to pick up my kids. You know, what am I going to do about that? Like you, you were thinking about all these things because you were asking those questions. So thank you for pointing that out because yes, I had just had a lunch with a girlfriend of mine and I was on my way to get my kids. So like Brandy's, I think that accident happened at about two 15. Because my kids were getting ready to be out of school. They get out at 2, 2.35, 2.40. And so I was just right on mm-hmm. time to be there, right there to pick them up. And that happened. So I was terrified about my kids. All I could think about was my kids. And I'm like, my kids, my kids, my kids, who's going to pick up my kids? Yep. I do remember that now. I kind of <laughs> see that was so Yeah, that's the only thing that really made traumatic. you cry was... Yeah, I was terrified. Yeah, what are my kids going to think? They're going to think right. I forgot them. They're going to think I left them. The school's going to think I'm a horrible mom. You know, my husband, he's going to have to leave work. He's going to have to go get them. How do I get a hold of him? Yeah, all right. of the feelings. Meanwhile, this guy is just thinking about his next fix and what he can sell. And apparently the car, the car that he hit you with was possibly also stolen because the guy registered to that vehicle was not the driver. And then there was a random license, driver's license in that car that was not the driver. So I don't know what the heck, but neither of those two were the driver. Um, But apparently, so I just got a call from North Glen Police Department, which is where they finally caught him is in North Glen. Um, And he said that this guy is a like serial thief. Like he's 
multiple instances of theft and of course now this is at least one count of grand theft auto was a which is i think a felony and then there was possession of narcotics in the car he said there was um, meth and crack in the car there was a box of stolen watches in the car when they recovered it and the, the police this was, was so in funny. your he was like, car by chance did you have a box of watches in my car that's what, yeah, when they recovered it, they, those were in my car. I think he went and sold my stuff for drugs, honestly. To be honest, I've, I've told this story, obviously, you know, to my close people, you know, like, what's going on? What's up with you? Because I, I didn't put any of this out on Facebook until I found out the extreme of what happened to you. Um, so I've been talking mm-hmm. to people a lot one-on-one and I had a few people say to me, well, why doesn't, how about, you know, tell her to go check the pawn shops. And I'm like, well, but it happened in Windsor and they caught him in North Glen and the number of pawn shops between yeah. here and there are, I don't even know. <laughs> and not only that, exactly. but who's to say he went to a pawn shop, he might've gone straight to the dealer's house. Exactly. You because you, you if you go to a pawn shop, especially with a laptop, there's serial numbers on those. And, and I did turn in the serial number. So the police department has it. And they're going to track that if it's sold at a pawn shop. But somebody like him, like you said, is not going to go to a pawn shop, they're going to go to their dealer's house, say, here's the stuff that's in the car, take what you want and give me enough drugs to compensate me for what's in the car. Obviously, if he's, um, yeah. you know, a a skilled thief then he he has people to go to already that he knows how oh, yeah. he needs. They have like a network in that type of lifestyle. You know, there's always a network. There's always a person. There's always Yeah, exactly. Something. I'm so sorry that happened to you. I just can't say that to you. I, I know it sucks. It really sucks. I mean, having being impacted out of nowhere was like holy hell right um and blindsiding and, and your mom was so sweet yeah she she tagged you in something yeah, she, didn't she on facebook she did she shared so okay so more more of the story it unfolds you guys it's just a, it's a never it's a never unfolding story so um i have obviously all of you listening even and so many of you on facebook such a supportive network of people i'm so blessed to have all of you in my life and so Um, Not only has Kristen shared this, but all of you have too. But um, one of my friends, Treva, she started a GoFundMe and um, I wasn't going to let her. (laughs) I was like, no, no, it's let me just see what they'll even cover. And of course, my man, Corey, he's like, no, babe, you need to let them help you. You need to let them help you. So I guess Corey was going to start a GoFundMe. Trevor wanted to start a GoFundMe. My friend Jamie started one without me knowing um, that same night. And so Corey was like, you need to let her do this. Let people support you. You've supported so many people in the last 10 years. Please let them help you. And so I said, okay, I will let. So I I messaged Trevor. I said, all right. Corey said, let you do it. And so she posted that, um, I think that night or the next morning, and just an outpouring of support. I think we've raised over $3,000 on GoFundMe. And and that just blows my mind. So thank you to all of you who have donated. Um, And so yeah, Kristen, you've shared that and some of your contacts have even donated, which is so amazing. But I think, gosh, so many of your contacts shared it. And and the idea that people would donate to someone they don't even know is it's just a testimony to the good that there is in the world, even, even when something like this happens. Um, so 
I wanted to talk about when bad things happen to good people. So we're going to take a quick break for a commercial. Commercial. Aubrey, I've never said commercial. We're going to take a quick break to hear from our sponsors. And then we will come back and we'll kind of like piece this together with not only why bad things happen to good people, but I'm going to share with you the childlike view from my kids' point of view of what happened and what to think about it and how to piece it all together. So we will be right back. With summer upon us, I am so excited to bring you this month's sponsor. Boozy Treats is alcohol-infused ice cream, baked goods, jello shots, and pudding shots. They offer dairy-free and alcohol-free options as well. They are small batch made from scratch. They can turn any cocktail, candy bar, or cookie into ice cream. If you can dream it, they can make it. Boozy Treats alcohol-infused ice cream, sweets, and treats for your special event is a great way to liven up the atmosphere and add a unique touch to your event. Give them a call. You can find their information in the show notes. All right, and we are back. So this is the good, the juicy part. So, of course, and I'll tell you, okay, so why the GoFundMe was started? What Didn't I have insurance? Yes, I had insurance. Allstate has been great to me, so thank you, Allstate. Here's the problem. Divorces, especially high-conflict divorces, cost a lot of money. My divorce cost over $25,000. And so I took a loan out to pay for the lawyer, and I used my car as collateral because it was paid off prior to that. So when my car was totaled, the insurance only covers the cost of the car, the replacement of the car. What they have to do, though, is pay my loan off first. So I only get what's left. Their first offer was 19000 What I owed on that personal loan was still 15000 So I would have had $4,000 to replace my car. And it has to be a seven-seater because I have four small children and Emma can't sit in the front yet. And it has to be reliable because I drive for a living. So I'm like, crap. So that's why this GoFundMe was started because I was like, I don't know what to do. And then um, let's see. They the Allstate came back with another offer. Thank you, Casey Doolin, for helping me not accept the first offer because I thought you had to. I didn't know that these were negotiable. I had no idea that insurance offers were negotiable. But she helped me out with that. And so I said, no, that's not going to work. And they said, oh, I see you have replacement on your plan. That was That's going to bring it up quite a bit. And I'm thinking, yeah, um, why didn't you see that before? <laughs> so they did come back with 26000 Still, I had brand new tires on the car that I just bought three weeks ago. That was $1,100. I don't get reimbursed for that, really. It added 300 less than 300 onto the total that they offered. I had the same thing. Really? Yes, I had brand new tires that I just bought like two months ago for $1,200, and I am pissed. Ugh. Yes, that's not fair. Because they've totaled my car out by now, too. They have? The damage on my car was $20,000. Yep, and that's more than Holy the 75% cow. cap that Colorado allows for insurance claims to have repairs done on a vehicle. So I'm car shopping. Oh, great. Gosh dang it. I'm so really mad about in those tires, position. though. Like, I think I'm more mad about the tires. Know, because the there's no way to recoup that. <laughs> no. Exactly. Exactly. I'm like, can I have my tires back? Those are Michelins. They were brand new. And they won't give them back. Because, yeah, because then nope. they take away from the value on the car, and then that takes away from your insurance payout. So it's like, okay, I guess I have no choice yep. but to eat that. And it exactly. sucks. Exactly. And it sucks so bad. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, 
so yeah, I have about 11,000 and then plus the 3,000 that go fund me. So I have like 14 grand to buy a new car that seats um, seven that has lower miles. And so I have to get an older car. Basically, I have $14,000 to replace a $26,000 car. So that is a part of it that sucks. And um, so I think that's all of the sucky parts. <laughs> I'm trying to so all of the things is that were taken though? out of my vehicle will... Sh- is it is that all? Um, <laughs> so my renter's insurance are going to cover quite a bit of what was taken out, which is nice. But I do have the like they pay cash value, and then I do have to um, go buy it and turn in the receipt, and they pay the difference. Did you tell them about your grandmother's ring? I did. They're going to try. Th- I mean, it's irreplaceable, right? I can't buy one. So, but they're going to look in the pawn shops and try to see if they can recover. I'm supposed to, um, I'm supposed to draw a picture of it because I didn't have a picture of it. So yeah, I don't know. We will see. Have you checked <laughs> pictures, family pictures of your grandma? She never wore it because it was too small. Okay. never mind. I'm sorry. It was too small for her. So she was like, I'm giving this to you because I could never wear it. But your papa gave it to me. He wanted it this thing. And she had this whole story. It was so beautiful. It was like a filigree top and it was five diamonds all around. And anyway, but I, you know, I do have a quilt that she gave me. So silver linings. It's not like I have nothing from her, but it just pisses me off that he, you know, it's, it's really a betrayal. And that's That's kind of where I get to the point of talking to my kids about it. Yeah. Yeah. And so, of course, when I tell my kids, they they had very different reactions. It was kind of funny. Um, my youngest, Jovi, I, I told her first um, when I picked her up from daycare because obviously they were going to be going into a new car. So I was like, hey, we have a different car. I just want to let you know um, a bad man stole our car and he's not giving it back. And he also took some of the things out of it because I knew she had just earned that um squishmallow from Krav and so she was really sad about that I mean she just started bawling and was like not my squishmallow and I was like yes I'm sorry baby and then um she just had a birthday so um she was like I just got her a baby doll and I said that they they took your birthday baby too and she was like this guy is a tears, literal monster. Tears, oh tears. my gosh. I know. I'm assuming he just oh. let some lady at, you know, maybe a, a dealer house go through the car. Cause everything missing was like what a mom would want. Like she took my nail polish, my makeup, um, emptied out my work bag and my purse and just took like the jewelry, the makeup, the nail polish out of it and then my macbook of course and then she took three of my work blazers like calvin klein blazers um and then she took three car seats which is weird because i had four in there so why just take three you know what i mean it's like she had three kids two uh kids winter jackets um what else i wonder if he has a family yeah maybe just took it out for his i don't know Mm-hmm. And like went and gave it to his family, like his baby mama or his sister or something like. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I know it makes you just want to scream. So of course, Jovi's crying. And then I have um, 
she's like, I want our car back. We get to the, we get outside and it's this little black Nissan Rogue. And Jovi's like, I don't want this small little <laughs> black car. <laughs> I was like, I know. And because they named the car Rosie. So she was like, I didn't even get to say goodbye to Rosie. <laughs> so How old is precious. she? Three. She just turned four. So four. Oh, precious. I know. I'll have to send you the video. If you guys go on my um, – no, I didn't put it as a reel. I'll repost it. It was very precious, their reactions. Uh, anyway, and then my son, is, who's five, uh, Isaiah, he he was just angry. He was like, what a jerk. Like, I'm going to – my boyfriend's name's Corey, obviously. I'm going to have Corey beat him up. I'm going to call Corey. We're going to have Corey go beat him up. We're going to kick his butt. So he was just all about, you know, making him pay. I and like then – um, Jovi had just graduated to a booster seat from a car seat, from a five-point harness to a booster seat. She was so excited, brand new booster seat. And so now that I have this little Rogue, I had to get car seats that fit three in the back row. Well, the booster seats don't fit three to a back row. So I had to get these special narrow car seats that cost $289 a piece and put those in the back seat. And so she had a five-point harness again, and she was so sad because she had, she had only been um, using that for – two days because she turned um four on the 15th and this happened on the 17th so she had only had her booster seat for two days bless her heart and then okay so that was isaiah's reaction my son elijah he's seven so he's this voice he's at the, the age of reason right so he's able to process this and realize that it freaking sucks and it's not okay and this man is a bad man and all of this and so his like when he saw the car seat instead of his booster he was like I don't want to sit in a car seat I want my booster I'm like I know dude and he's like I don't like this little car I want my car I'm like I know right and he just started bawling and he was like he's very he's so sensitive and so he was just crying 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 finally when I turned the recorder on he was like you're dumb and sat back down. He's like, didn't know what to say. But I did, think, I did think it was interesting that he asked who this guy was. He wanted to know who it was. He wanted to know where he was. He wanted to know if he got caught. Like all of these, these are questions that seem very immature to me for a child to be asking. Mm -hmm. Like, where is he now? Is he behind bars? What's his name? You know, I want to know more about this guy who betrayed our family. And so I said, well, I, I know he's going to go to jail. He might be at the hospital now because he had some injuries. And Elijah said, why did they try to fix him? Why can't they just let him die? And I was like, whoa, okay. Well, that's a big reaction. <laughs> so um, I said, I don't know, buddy. I think that, you know, do we just owe it to humanity to take care of each other, even if, you know, something bad happens? And he just looked at me like, hells no. That's ridiculous. And I was like, I totally get it. <laughs> and so, and then my daughter, Emma, oddly enough, and this kind of goes to show a lot of the things that I've kind of talked about, but haven't talked about her first reaction. So I said, Emma, our car got stolen. That didn't really affect her much. She was like, oh, interesting. Okay. Now what? Well, we have a, a different car now. Okay. And then I said, he also took our car seats. So your booster seat's gone. And she's like, oh, that sucks. I'm like, yeah, but there's a new seat in there. Um, I got you a booster for the front seat. She's like, okay. And then I said, um, he did take some of your guys' things. 
And she's like, really? And I said, yeah, he took Jovi's Squishmallow. And she's like, oh, she loves that Squishmallow. I was like, I know. And he also took your winter jacket. And she started bawling. And I was like, babe, what's wrong? And she goes, dad's going to be so mad at me because I forgot it in the car. And he's going to say, if I didn't forget it, it wouldn't be gone. And he's going to be so mad. And I was just like, whoa, that is not what you should be crying about right now. Like, your dad's not going to be mad because a, a jacket got stolen. And she's like, yes, he will, because I forgot it. It's my fault. And I was like, no, this is no, absolutely not. And I will get you a new jacket. Don't even worry about it. Dad will not be mad at you. Don't worry. Like, let's just let's move on from that. And then she was just mad. She's like, I want my car. And the shoe kind of was just in a really bad mood after that. But what I thought was interesting is, you know, she was when Elijah was asking me those questions about this man and why does he get to, you know, have all this why does he get to have all this care at the hospital when he just wronged people? Like, it's, it just doesn't seem right. And I was telling him like, you know, cause he said, why do we even let these people stay alive? And I said, well, you'll, you'd be surprised at how many people change their life and they decide to change after they're in jail. And that's why a lot of people go to prisons and they, um, they read the Bible to these people. They pray with these people and they give them a second chance at life at being a good person. And so, um, she really, she held on to that quite tightly. And I let them do a video of them telling this man how what they thought about the situation, because I thought that would just kind of be some closure. Um, so I let them do that. Um, so yeah, I was telling them about um, what happens in these prisons and how people have this second chance at life and how they can change. And I even used the example of like, you know, St. St. Paul, like he was a really great disciple for Jesus, but he was a murderer before that. So, you know, everybody has a chance to turn their life around. And I think that's why as, as Christians, we believe that people deserve that second chance to turn life around. And honestly, you know, people aren't bad because they choose to be bad. They're bad because they believe they can't be good. They believe they don't have the capability. They're worthless. And, um, they're not worth loving. Like all of these things lead to being bad and something had to have happened in this guy's life to make him who he is. So Emma loved that part of it and her part of the story of telling this guy what she thought about it was, Hey, you're going to go to jail and we're very mad at you for what you did. And I hope you decide to change because my mom said there's people at the jail that are going to help you change if you want to. And if you say, sorry, for everything that you've done to us, we're going to forgive you. And I was like, wow, okay, that is really cool. But it got me thinking about why does bad things happen to good people? And so um, my take on that, because I've gone through all these stages of grief over this, I've been in denial, like, no, this hasn't happened. They're going to find my car. Nothing's going to be wrong with it. Everything's going to be in there. Everything's fine. My life's going to go back to normal tomorrow. It's going to be all right. And then it went to anger. I can't believe this guy did this. What a jerk. Like, this is not fair. I don't deserve this kind of feel. And then I went to the bargaining, like, well, what the heck? Like, maybe there's something wrong with me. Maybe this is karma. Maybe I'm not actually a good person and, and thought I was. And maybe I'm missing something. And maybe I'm, you know, maybe I deserved for this to happen. And so that was like the bargaining. And now I'm in like the more depressive state, which is like, I, don't know, I just, I just want to take seven naps. That's all I want. I don't want to do anything but take seven naps. And so hopefully this acceptance phase is coming up next. Did you experience all of these, Kristen, yet in your side of it? For me, I think it was a bit of um, 
Okay, I'll, I'll just tell you straight up. I am a master at disassociation. Mm-hmm. So I think I have taken myself a bit out of it so that I don't have to quite deal with yeah. it. Um, and that's, I'm so glad you said that. It's a messed up processing thing going on in my brain. But, um, and the main thing that I felt right away was um, terror because, you know, getting in an accident, being loaded into an ambulance, that's not something I've ever experienced. So I was pissed about that, although I was cracking jokes with the EMTs all the way to the hospital because it's how I cope (laughs) again. So comedy and disassociation. Those are my two buddies and we get along real well. And then after that, it was a lot of anger. And I had a lot of those same thoughts, like why the heck did this happen to me? Um, I've been good, mm-hmm. you know. I go for out the of my second way time, to right? Help people, yeah. <laughs> um, actually, this is my third accident in the last year and a half. Jeez. So February last year, I was in a T-bone accident. That was not my fault. So I was struck on the driver's side of the car, and I had to do a few months of physical therapy. I had to be X-rayed a few times. Um, a number of things. My car got totaled out then. That's how I got the car that I was in when um, our incident happened. Um, and I just, I don't know why I've made it a long time in my driving career and I drive all the time. I mean, I've been a pizza delivery driver. I clean houses still for a living, um, Mm part-time, but I do that. I'm, I'm constantly traveling is what I'm trying to get to. Right. So like on any given day, I'll drive anywhere from like 20 to 50 miles to go get to a client's house. And a lot of times, um, I go up North towards, um, the north part of the state where it's 287 up 287 and it's rated as one of those most dangerous highways and I've been doing that for like 10 years and nothing like this has ever happened so I'm like how is it that I'm at a stoplight minding my own business I'm not going anywhere I'm not hurting anything I'm not violating anything and this guy smashes into me and then there's also um so the disassociation and then and then the being angry part. But then I have a lot of sorrow, too, for you and your children for how affected you have been all because I asked you to stay when you asked if you could go. And I can't tell you how many times I've wished I would have just let you go. Oh, well, you know what? <laughs> I, and you said that you said that I really do. And so there's there's a lot of different things for me. It's totally not your fault. Like, thank you. I needed. I needed you to stay because you saw what happened and I didn't. But the fact that you have to deal with such severe consequences because of that truly breaks my heart and I might cry. So. <laughs> I might cry. Crying's allowed. It's okay. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah. It's uh... So I, I'm so glad you talked about dis- dissociation because that's something we've talked about on the podcast before is how you handle trauma and car wrecks are trauma and you've been through three of them in the last year and a half. So no matter what, you're you're having trauma. So that is something that um, we do need to talk about because I've done a lot of work myself to get to this you know, healthy place of inner peace and being in tune with my body. So the fact that I'm going through these stages of grief so quickly since it just happened a week ago today or yesterday. So I've in, you know, eight days gone through four stages of grieving and I feel like that's pretty fast. Um, But dissociation is how I handled trauma before all of healing and sometimes still 
parts of it, <laughs> you know, then it's very normal. So I just want, I love that you said that because it's super normal to dissociate when you need a minute because you just don't feel like you like, if I truly sit and feel this, I don't think I could take it. Like, I don't think I could take it. And um, I just want Precisely. people listening to know that's okay. So my way of coping, like, I hope you've been, I think when we talked earlier, you've kind of had to be homebound lately. I'm Hopefully your kids are feeling better. Um, for me, I've thrown myself into absolutely everything that will keep my mind off of the pondering and the feeling. Um, mm -hmm. So I think I have worked every single day since that accident. I don't think I've had a day off because <laughs> I haven't allowed it because I don't want to. If I'm I'm the kind of person where if my hands aren't busy, if I'm not physically mm -hmm. moving, if I'm not involved in some sort of activity and being stimulated, I get very in my head and I go to very dark places. And so like they say, um, idle hands are the devil's playground. Well, maybe this dude's hanging out with his idle hands a little too often, but I'm I'm not trying to be in the devil's playground. So to speak, no, I'm trying to, and I totally hear that. I'm just trying to do life and be a good mom and be a good wife and uh, I uh, yeah, it's it's I don't know. I haven't felt it. I don't feel a lot of things, and then it'll all come rushing in and hit me like a hurricane later. Oh but yes, that's okay. it always does. Then you have a really really good cry. <laughs> Yes. My rule is really always cry good. in the shower. Cry in the shower because it doesn't let you get puffy. It washes the salt away. Is that right? I should practice that more often. Oh, my gosh. Well, so let's talk. Like That's a pretty good segue into why do bad things happen to good people. So in my healing, and I, and I even went through this, like during my little grieving stages, I went through this. Why did this happen to me? Why? Because I'm trying so hard to um, help the world, serve people make the world a better place. Why did this have, have to happen to me right now? I can't afford a bigger place. I, you know, can't afford a better car. Like, this is not fair. This is not fair. You know, so I went through that whole thing. But, you know, as I look, look at it from um, a coach's point of view, instead of the victim's point of view, I'm thinking, okay, you've always said, Brandy, bad things don't happen to people. Good things don't happen to people. Things happen. Things happen. And you either, and you know, I love Garth Brooks. He does this like hand motion thing where he says every single situation is both a blessing and a curse. And it's so true because although this happened, I would not have met you. Although this happened, I would not be hooked up with a huge network of people right now. Um, you know, not that this is my goal, but the awareness for my business and my journal will, will you know, blow up a little bit more, more awareness of that. Um, who knows where this is going to lead? So blessings and curses are everywhere. Uh, the idea that this actually brought my kids and I a little closer together, you know, these catastrophes bring people together and look at all of you who are a part of this um, coming togetherness to help support a family in need. And so just from a coach looking at it from an outside point of view saying, um, yes, this happened. And you get to choose what to do with it. And I've always said, everything is happening for me, not to me. 
everything's happening for me. And although this feels really unfair and I'm still allowed, and that's, it's funny because Aubrey and I, we did an episode on um, things you shouldn't say to people while they're suffering. <laughs> like this too shall pass. Everything happens for a reason. And you want to say, go yourself with that because I don't feel that right now. I feel like it sucks and it's not fair and I don't deserve this. And um, you can take your positivity and shove it right up somewhere. So that's, you know, that's how you kind of feel in these situations. And so um, the people who have been trying to help me, like, well, just look it at the is. bright side. I'm like, look, I know you're trying to help. I know you're trying to help, but I need to be pissed and I need to feel hurt and betrayed. I need to let myself feel these things to heal. So I love that you're trying to make me look at this from a better point of view, but I can do that. I can do that on my own, just not yet. I need to be mad right now. Let me do that later when I'm on the rebound. So that's what that episode is about. And it's a hilarious episode. You should definitely listen if you haven't listened to that already, everyone. Um, what doesn't kill you makes you funnier. <laughs> and it's true. That is like the truest statement ever. It, it is, yes. Comedy, like you said earlier, is my go-to. I love comedy when I'm in an awkward position, when I don't feel good, all of that. So anyways, um, so yeah, that's the situation that happened. Um, Kristen and I now have a blossoming friendship because of it. All of you are able to <laughs> – I'm, I'm pretty sure this is going to be in a movie one day because, like I said, you can't make this up. Um, it's definitely going to be in my book. I'm going to put it in there because that's a chapter in and of itself. <laughs> um, Send it out so, to MGM. Yeah. Stat. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, Aubrey, I know we've just been, like, chilling, having this conversation, but I would love for you to come on and – from an outsider's point of view that wasn't there but heard about it and has listened to this podcast conversation, can you come on and give the audience like a good takeaway from your point of view before we end? Oh, man. Um, I just am thinking about, you know, the last couple of episodes or however that turns out chronologically, um, but talking about like sitting in the anger and how that anger portion is important to the healing. And I feel like that's where you both are right now and your kids. And that's a good thing. Like you have to, you have to be angry and feel the angry. And this makes me angry and I wasn't there. And, um, and I can't justify his actions. I can't like, what in the world? Like, I can't think of a good reason why he would do this, but yeah, I just and I mentioned it earlier and I wasn't sure that it was going to fit, but it just keeps popping into my head like everybody is a villain in somebody else's story. And I'm having a hard time imagining a story in which this person is the hero, but like he has yeah. a backstory as well. And so like I'm trying to remember that and as as you have all of this support cuz you do. You you both have so many people behind you. I've seen cross posts of like Kristen, I think your mom jumped on to support Brandy. I saw that on Facebook earlier. And I think that this community is so cool, but I just want to leave everybody with a, a little word of caution that we have to be careful not to like grab yes. pitchforks yeah. and go all angry yeah. mob. You know, like this is nothing about what he did is okay. This is, it's not okay. There is, I can't see a redeeming part of his actions in this story, but he's still human. And I, I love Emma so much and her sweet little heart. And um, 
And that's kind of my takeaway. Yeah. Like, yeah, be it angry. Does. This sucks. This is, there's no reason that this should have happened to you. So yeah, be angry about it. But um, at some point we leave room for his redemption as well. Back to um, how everybody's a villain in someone else's story or, you know, how you're having a hard time imagining him being a hero. As as you were saying that, Aubrey, I was thinking about what Brandy said he took out of her car. Aside from grandmother's ring, that was just unnecessary. I mean, all of it was really. But um, I hope that he did give it to a mom. And I hope that that mom didn't have the resources to give that herself and that that was something she genuinely needed for her and her children. That's the only good thing that I could think that could come out of it. But your children didn't deserve to lose what they had for those children to have it. But that could, it's a potential silver lining. It doesn't make you feel better, but. Oh, but I I see what you're saying. And I was thinking about that too. In his mind, he might think, you know what? This, you know what, probably has insurance. Yeah. She's gonna get it all replaced. She she can afford to to take this hit. He you know, he obviously doesn't know my circumstance, but to him, I have a nice Buick Enclave. I've got a nice briefcase with an iMac air that looks pretty new. I've got um, you know, diamond jewelry, I've got four brand new car seats, I've got brand new tires on this car. He's probably thinking like can pay this charity because there are women struggling, well, you know, whatever. So, you know, his mindset could be in a totally different place. Now he's a serial thief, so he obviously does this all the time, but there had to have been something in his past to drive him to that point. And there's definitely more than one villain in his story um, to get him to even be that person. So um, not giving him excuses, like Aubrey said, but there's always a, a story behind every single person. And the idea that everyone has a chance of redemption is, um, it settles my heart a little bit, especially hearing my nine-year-old say that, you know, just as she could have said anything to him in that closure video, but she chose to say, I will forgive you. And I hope that you take this opportunity to change your life and help people. Um, so I think that's heart. a great place to... I know. I know. So that's the message in our podcast today. And Kristen, I'm so stinking excited that we were able to um, exchange information because I just thought that I lost you forever. (laughs) And and I found you. And um, she she does cut hair. So I I have curly hair needs and uh, you're going to be my go-to for that. So um, with Kristen's permission, I'll put her email in the notes because if any of you need um, housekeeping or hairstyling, uh, you can give her a call if you're on the front range. And um, thank you, Aubrey, for your input. It's always insightful and warm and I love it. And thank you guys so much for joining us. Stay sparkly and we will see you (laughs) next week. Thank you. I am so glad we got to connect on this podcast. It's been an honor. And I wanted to give you some more resources. We have a website called reclaimjournal.com where you can look at more skills and tools, including coaching sessions, brain spotting sessions, and the Reclaim Journal. These podcasts are free to listen to, but they're not free to make. So we will be having some ads. However, we do have an ad-free option. So if you would like to subscribe, not only will you get ad-free podcasts, but you'll also get bonus content episodes. We'll see you next week.